Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Grandpa Jim. Welcome to Motivation Central Station. I want to talk about a few topics today. Definitely want to jump on uh, early on in this uh, discussion about uh, addiction, the family disease. Um, And then I want to move into um, the emotional part of people's lives. Uh, We'll talk about uh, how to deal with some tough emotions that might be coming up right now. And I also want to talk about a recovery group that I belong to. Uh, It's called SOAR 12-Step Recovery, and it's open to uh, all addictions. I believe it's very, uh, for those of you that are uh, believe in faith, like Jesus would have wanted everybody to the table, and this meeting brings everybody to the table. It doesn't discriminate one disease uh, from another. We like to say um, whatever your drug of choice was, um, you were just, you know, one guy's choice might have been alcohol, another's might have been opioids, and we were just all in different cars, but we were heading in the the wrong direction down the highway of life, you know, and so uh, it's really a cool group, um, and it's open to people that identify just with mental health too. Uh, so we get uh, quite a range of people and quite a range of addictions. Uh, they're not just uh, you know, and it works. And a lot of people that were disenchanted with some of the other twelve-step programs out there. Uh, kind of gravitate towards these meetings too, but we'll get into that a little bit later. I really just uh, want to um, actually too. If you hear crickets chirping, um, a lot of times I'll broadcast from my front porch. Um, today I'm actually uh, at my little uh, work studio. I like to do a little painting. I'm in one of my uh, sons. Uh, various sons stayed in this room. Uh over time and uh now i work and do my art in here and um you know for those of you that are are getting emotional because your children are moving out of the house um don't (laughs) it's a blessing you know you did your job as a parent to make them self-sufficient that's our job as parents uh you know we were the helicopter parents we had we have four sons and two are and we've been married 40 years, but two of our sons are quite a bit older than the other two. We had the first two boys, and then we were trying to get a girl, and then my wife and I, we could not get pregnant, and then uh, my wife finally went on some fertilization pills, and then the next month she was pregnant, and then we got another son, and that was like nine years. Um, so my kids are spread out like uh, the first two. The first one's going to be 40 this year. Second son is 35. Third son drops down to 27. So we got a, you know, a big gap in between uh, those two. And then our youngest son just turned 22. And so... Um, you know, uh, my oldest sons would always say, you are so much harder on us than the younger two. And I have to agree with them. I mean, uh, the helicopter parenting thing popped up. And, you know, the good thing is that all my kids are really um, self-sufficient. So I parented, I, w- I would say, a little more stern um, with my older two, uh, made them follow rules more. And I definitely, I don't know if it was age on my part or society changing. Um, 
I remember this, though. I do remember when all us parents got soft is my younger children were playing soccer and all of a sudden we came off the soccer field and uh, all of a sudden somebody said, oh, that game was a tie and uh, we're driving home from the game and all my kids were like, what do you mean it was a tie? We won 10 to nothing. What do you mean? And, you know, uh, the, the society was like, we didn't want anybody to win or lose. And um, the world's just not set up that way, you know. So uh, I guess that'll play in later, too, with the emotional part of the wheel uh, we're going to talk about today. Um and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I want to get into family addiction and disease. Um, if you have addiction um, and you have a child, uh, your, your, your offspring has a 60% chance of becoming an addict. One is just through uh, like eye color, you know, you pass it on. Um, also environment, you know, so you're teaching a lot of kids when you're using and abusing how to manage uh, their lives. The you know you can't pay your phone bill, so you go out and use uh, whatever your drug of choice is, and then um, so your kids are picking up on those behaviors as well. And so um, and you know environment can play a role, but definitely um, if two parents uh, have addiction, there is a super super likelihood uh, that your child will have it. And if you're a child listening to this program of parents that had substance abuse issues, uh, and you don't think you're you have addiction because you don't use drugs or alcohol, you are probably uh, there's a good chance you're off the mark. And um, I actually wrote a book series. It's probably the um, least selling thing I ever wrote. But probably in my heart of hearts, it's the most useful thing that a family could use that has the um, has the disease of addiction. Um, and I'll mention that book series at the end because I'm definitely not here to sell anybody anything ever. I'm just here to, you know, um, help others cope with mental health and have a, a nice positive outlook on each day as we start it. Um, but a lot of times, too, one of the books in that series was called Uncle Bob Eats, Drinks, and Walks Too Much. Um, and in that book, um, there's a character in the whole book series. Her name's Amanda, and she's been referred to as kind of a cute, friendly, reliable friend. She's kind of the anchor between all the book series and... Um, so Uncle Bob, you know, he overdoes everything. He comes to a kid's birthday party and he eats too much pizza. Then all the kids are going to go walk with Uncle Bob and then he walks too much. And, and then what's wrong with walking too much or exercise? You know, people with addictions can do overdo anything because we don't have off switches, you know. Um, there's some really great research. If you can go to YouTube and Google 60 Minutes Hooked, the name of the thing, Marley Safer did it. 
And it was on how addiction works in the brain. It did a, a lot of uh, about brain scan technology. I had seen brain scan technology a few years before that article came out. And I was so captivated by that because it took away, like when I was a kid, and there'd be a guy on the corner with a brown paper bag. You know, people would say how weak and how morally bankrupt that is. But it really, you know, if you can go Google this, these brain scan things, um, the National Institute of Drug Abuse has uh, videos on this. HBO did a study on uh, this. And then it's, uh, you know, it's a freestanding thing outside of HBO. HBO, but if you Google HBO addictions, um, it brings you to a, a web page and you'll find all different types of uh, videos on addiction. But the brain scan technology is crazy because you can show people just a picture of their drug of choice. So if somebody is a uh, meth user and they see a meth pipe, I don't even know how you smoke meth, but but if you see that, uh, it, that can just trigger your... Um, you know, your disease and put your brain on the hunt for the next thing. And, you know, so how do we interrupt uh, that when your brain's turned on? Well, us with addictions, we need to call other people, go to 12-step meetings, that sort of thing. But, um, and I'll talk a little bit about that a little bit further down the road here. So, um, yes, uh, if you hear some crickets today, I am... In my uh, art studio, I'm going to call it the art studio, I guess. Uh, you know, if you hear those, it's because uh, we have a frog. One of my sons brought this tr two tree frogs home many, many years ago, and uh, he wasn't doing such a good job of taking care of them. And then uh, my wife was helping him manage, and then when he moved out, my wife took over uh these couple of tree frogs and uh, one passed away maybe two years ago and we still have this one and uh, so usually we'll buy the smaller crickets because they don't make as much noise but uh, these stores are running low on everything so then uh, why don't we move into emotion so a lot of you people you know number one emotion is fear and there might be a lot of shouting in your household now because fear turns into anger you know because usually uh, uncertainty will make us uh, become fearful i'm not sure if i can pay my bills because i just lost my waitress job or my bartending job or uh, you know uh, my hours got weight cut because our business is affected by this um and so uh, a lot of times it'll manifest in anger. And so, you know, what are some of those tools that you can do? Um, one is, if you've listened to me on other podcasts, I'm a huge believer in walking, low-impact exercises. Um, I was a guy that came up through the bodybuilding period, and it was all about no gain, you know, no pain, no gain type stuff. And, you know, the old saying is, you know, if I knew 
back then what I know now. I'd, I'd probably go more of the low-impact stuff, which I do now, a lot of walking. So if you're feeling really stressful, really fearful, um, you can, you know, take a walk and burn off some of that energy. And then, too, you know, being in recovery, you know, I think us that are in recovery, we have some really good tools and a lot of people should be in recovery. They don't even know that they might have some mental illness going on or, um, you know, they, they think that's just the norm. Um, and so uh, some of those two are, you know, in recovery, a lot of groups say the serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity uh, to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can, you know, to really figure out, uh, what do I have power to control and what do I not have power, you know? So definitely, you know, coronavirus right now, um, even the medical field's pretty powerless over this whole situation. Um, so, but what can I control right here, right now? If you do feel fear coming up or you're angry, I recommend making phone calls to your go-to people. Who's that person that you know, always has a good ear for you that you can, um, you know, trust with uh, if it's uh, sensitive information. Who can I give this information to? Um, you know, I don't want my work and colleagues to find out that, you know, I'm stressing because when I'm at work, I need to look like I'm a pillar of strength and I, I can't, you know, um, I can't be that person. I can't be, you know, I need to stay strong because I need this income. But, you know, we all, no matter how powerful you think you are, we all need help. And so, um, you know, a great tool, that's a great tool too, is just to keep asking for help. And so many things in my life, uh, you know, when I was a kid, grew up in a traumatic environment, traumatic situation and as the tough guy in the neighborhood you know and being the bully and being you know that was just fear it was I've been messed with enough please don't mess with me um, I don't want to talk now but when I finally started opening up uh, when I got to college about learning disabilities that was always frustrating um, two to pretend like I was getting a you know understanding assignments and learning how to shake my head yes when inside I'm like uh, on the outside I'm shaking my head yes yes I understand this but on the inside like I don't have a clue right now but I just really want to get out of here and I want to get this over with uh, to now I ask for help for everything and um, you know that's how I wrote all my stuff I've got learning disabilities and I'm dyslexic but I one day just got the idea hey I want to write some stuff I have good ideas somebody always told me I articulate my thoughts and ideas well and um, just that little bit of that woman saying that to me really uh, she was a teacher that came out of Oklahoma for a summer to teach up here in Milwaukee and I thought, oh, she's going to be a southern redneck from Oklahoma. And she was like the biggest hippie that I ever met. But she said, you articulate so well. If you would just talk, you know, write how you talk. And that kind of 
change things, but I still, you know, get many words. Uh, they are uh, there and they're mixed up. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I would hire ed- editors at times, you know, to help me with my stuff, you know. And so, you know, um, I had to put the tough guy shield down and say, you know, I'm struggling. I can't help. And uh, by doing that, uh, you know, uh, it's great I'm laughing about it today. But by doing that, you know, it really opened my world up um, to so much that I didn't think I could accomplish. You know, now it's more like, hey, get out of my way because I want I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to get it done, you know, and whether that means, uh, you know, um, reaching out to others to help me, that's that's been a big key to my success over time. And so, um, you know, so the emotional part of our wellness wheel, you know, again, I, I always talk about the wellness wheel on these broadcasts. Um, the one I work off of is eight dimensions of a person's life. And so um, today, one of those dimensions is this emotional part of the wheel, you know. And so I always say people are like teapots. So you might have a lot of anger and that. So if you share that with somebody, you're going to definitely take some, uh, you know, uh, steam out of your teapot and you know and you keep releasing and you keep talking about that thing that's bothering you or the thing you're fearful about you know and you'll be surprised how many times you think you're alone on a topic and then you reach out to your friend and your friend says oh well I went through that two years ago you know and so um it's the more you open up, the better your life will be. If you're struggling with any type of addiction, any type of mental health, you cannot, don't do it to yourself. You need to pick up that phone, call some a friend, twelve uh, step group, uh, support group, um, a professional, a, a, you know, a psychiatrist, uh, you know, your family doctor. My family doctor was the one that diagnosed me with depression. I didn't know I had depression for a decade. I just thought that, you know, every third, fourth day, people got really super tired and they want to hop out of bed, you know, and so. Um, he helped me fix that situation with a small antidepressant, you know. So, uh, you know, hey, data collectors, collect my data. You know, I don't care what you know about me. Uh, I have no pretenses. Um, so then, uh, you know, um, finally, I want to talk. So if you are struggling, let me just wrap up on that last point. So if you are struggling with fear, anger, confusion, um, the whole range of emotions, even happiness. Call somebody when, you know, don't be afraid to call somebody and say, you know what, I'm having a great day too, you know, because that emotion, you know, laughter, you all know I love stand-up comedy. You all know uh, that I just love uh, anything humorous and laughing because what? Laughter is the best medicine for sure. Uh, so, um, you know, pick up that phone and use it. And then finally, I want to talk about the 12 step group that I belong to. Um, 
and I belong to, you know, I always say I can qualify for NEA, you know, uh, whatever it is, I could qualify for it. Uh, you know, being a child with this disease, I definitely tried to fix myself uh, with, you know, whatever felt good was, you know, was open game. So uh, anyway, but I want to talk about SOAR 12 steps. And SOAR is really cool because, like I said, uh, it allows anybody with any type of addiction to come in. Um, anybody that identifies with any type of mental health. So sometimes we have gamblers that uh, have gambling addiction. There's a casino here in our hometown. So um, that's the other thing, too. You'll find uh, people with addictions. They'll have one addiction, say they use marijuana or alcohol all day. And they give that up, and next thing you know, they find themselves in the casino or, uh, like I said, even over-exercising or, you know, uh, in this program that you're listening to today is a lot about balance, you know, am I eating too much? Am I eating too little? Am I overspending? Am I underspending? You know, um, you know, am I socializing too much? Is that possible? I don't know. Uh, but am I under socializing? Am I isolating? Um, you know, and I always say, um, you know, I always like the example of a train on a track because you, your truth train, your truth track, you, you're the only one knows whether you're moving forward or not. You know, you, I always say you can fool a lot of people, but you can't fool yourself, you know. So um, really look yourself in the mirror today and say, hey, you know. Um, so anyways, um, but... Uh, you know, I like this idea of any A or people struggling to be able to come into a room and talk and vent some of that. And a lot of people that come to, a lot of them are isolated at home. They don't have many social connections. Um, and it's just a great loving group. Um, again, uh, those of you that uh, believe in a Christian belief, I do believe it's a lot like Jesus, uh, would want, uh, everybody at one table, uh, you know, we always say everybody's disease is equal, and, uh, so I love the, this concept of NEA, you know, N-A-A-A, we all get together, um, so anyways, um, I'm gonna wrap it up here today, I know I've been kind of babbling on, but, uh, um, that book series I mentioned earlier in the show, it's called the Pre-Addiction Educational Series. Um, it's on Amazon, and it's under an author by the name of, uh, well, I'm not going to give the author's name. I'm going to let you go do some homework. So it's on Amazon. It's called the Pre-Addiction Educational Series, and the books are really inexpensive, and uh, it's the most powerful thing that I ever wrote. So um, I hope you all have a wonderful day today. Uh, God bless and, uh, you know, love you all and have a wonderful, prosperous day. Move down that truth track, head forward. Love you all.